Hello. I'm Adina. And I'm Madison. Welcome to our Doctor Who podcast. This is uh, Series 2. We've reached Season 2. Yes. We've come back, we've been away for a little break, but we're back now. Yeah, back from our break, ready ready to go for more... For more more Doctor Who. So what's this uh, this episode? Planet of Giants. It's a three-part story. Okay. I, as usual, know nothing. How about you? I think I may have seen it. A long time ago, I don't remember. I have pictures in my mind of its little scenes, like maybe of the two. I think there's two villain characters talking to each other, and I think I'm, I think I may have watched it a while ago with my uh, my two brothers, and we watched, may have watched it as a story. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you haven't got much it. knowledge, but you might have more. You have more knowledge than me. Yes. Hopefully, we'll reach a time soon where we'll swap. <laughs> <laughs> it won't John be soon. John Pope, it's a while away. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're going to go head off and watch these episodes and we'll, we'll let you know what we think. Yeah, we'll let you know what you think. Right. All right, see you later. See you later. Bye. Hello. Hello. And we're back. We're back. We've just watched the episodes. Yes, we just finished the last part three. Yeah, it was a nice, nice short, short intro into uh, series two. Yes, it was a nice little start. It was a nice little start. What do you think? Overall, I thought it was it was definitely not what I was expecting from the <laughs> title, um, but it was very effective actually, and it was quite funny. I think it was yeah. a bit more comedic. Um, I mean, parts of the plot were a little bit odd, as we'll get into later, but um, the overall concept was quite funny actually. Yeah, that's quite a fun little, fun little episode, I think. Yes, would you like to read, this, read the official synopsis? Sure. TARDIS Wikia. So this is the synopsis from TARDIS Wikia. The doors of the TARDIS open of their own accord just before it materialises, running out of control. On emerging, the travellers find the ship has been reduced in size, and they are now only about an inch tall. As tiny people, they stumble across a plot by a ruthless businessman, Forrester, and his misguided scientist colleague, Smithers, to launch a new insecticide, DN6, a product so destructive that it would kill not only those insects harmful to agriculture, but also those vital to it. Forrester is willing to commit murder to ensure the success of his business, as civil servant Arnold Farrow discovers to his cost. The criminals are brought to justice when the doctor and his friends, hampered by the fact that Barbara is ill from the insecticide, tamper with the telephone in Smith's laboratory, fueling the suspicions of local telephone exchange operator Hilda Rouse, who sends her police constable husband, Bert, to investigate. Well, that was a bit spoilery. A bit spoilery, yeah, that last paragraph there. Also, <laughs> I had no idea her name was Hilda, and I had no idea that was her husband. Nor did I. That that was something I found in my research as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that turns out they are... Did scenes get cut, potentially? Maybe. Or I, just didn't maybe get it was very well. we missed, I don't know. No, I had no idea. Mostly it was, there was definitely like an A plot and a B plot, and the B plot was just a bit weird. That makes mm. it sound a bit more exciting, but it wasn't exciting. Yeah. And it was quite strange. It was very kind of... That, sounds, like, that, so sounds, that sounds a bit more... Because it sounds like that's focused more on the B-plot, that description. Yeah, yeah it does. And the A-plot, which is them stumbling around. Stumbling around. Seeing trying to, big ants yeah, and that sort of thing. And trying to deal with being tiny people, yeah, which, is actually, quite, which was actually quite stuff. funny. Like, I quite enjoyed it. There was some yeah. good, really good little moments. Mm. You think it's going to be ridiculous, them being so small, but they had these massive props to work with, and it actually was quite funny. Yeah, it's quite good. <laughs> they were charging with this massive matchstick to try and make a light against uh, the, yeah. the matchbox. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? Charge! Charge! <laughs> The doctor is sitting there and just go, oh, put your back into it. Put again. your back into it. It's nothing like a good fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Okay, I suppose we'll jump into episode one then. Yeah, let's jump into episode one. Planet of Giants. The most dangerous moment is at the point of materialization. It's a giant ant. It's a huge earthworm. It's a matchstick. Look at this matchbox. These things haven't been made bigger. We've been made smaller. We have been reduced roughly to the size of an inch. The N6 is totally destructive. It's been shot dead. It's fortunate for all of us that everything is dead. So, we start off with the gang in the TARDIS. They seem to have left France, mm-hmm. and now they're travelling towards Earth. The Doctor is trying to get them back home again. Yeah. But as they do, as they're about to materialise, the TARDIS doors open, mid-flight. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. It's very dramatic. It's very dramatic. It's like, close the doors! And they have to rush and over. So Ian runs over and grabs the doors, and they just about manage to close them. And Barbara and Ian are a bit lost and kind of go, what's going on? What does this mean? And the Doctor kind of doesn't explain. He's like, don't you fools realise? Yeah, Don't like, you understand what this means? The doors opened while we were materialising. Yeah, Susan clarifies a little and says, like, the most dangerous time of the TARDIS is when they materialise. Yeah, so moment. it's Yeah, so it's very... She's like, she's she recognises the seriousness as well, but she, none of them really tell her this what's going yeah. on. Yeah. He sort of snaps and <laughs> he is does, yeah. very grumpy. Yeah, he's, he's very stressed about the ship. He's running around trying to deal with everything and he's never had anything like this happen before. He's very much out of his depth and getting very cranky again. And then the scanner explodes when he tries to um, see what's yes. outside. Yes, he does. It does. It's like a gunshot thing, honestly. It, it kind of it just implodes, and then all these sparks come off. Yes. At this point, the doctor. There's also a little note here. The doctor apologises at this point because he, because he snaps at them a bit, and he's he does, like, yeah. "Fool, see." And he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, my dear Barbara. You know, I didn't mean to snap at you. I'm yeah. just." As soon as he realises they're not in immediate danger, yeah. he's like, "Everything seems okay now." Yeah. I'm sorry for snapping. Yeah, because Susan checks the fault location as well. Yeah. Like, there's no problem, grandfather. They were all lighting up like a Christmas tree, but yeah. now there's nothing there. Yeah. He goes, oh, well, it's probably all fine then. Yeah, because so, like, yeah, it seems like we may have got away with it. Mm-hmm. We could check what's outside, you know. It's a breathable atmosphere, but we can't see what it is. Mm. So let's go out and investigate. As always. They're like, let's just go out and see. I mean, to be fair, what else are they going to They could just fly away and that'd be the end of the Doctor Who story. <laughs> yeah. So, like, did we make it to Earth? Who knows? We'll find okay. out. Yeah, best not risk it. It could be Daleks out there. <laughs> could be Daleks out there. It could be something. It could be lava. Yeah. It could be, yeah, it could be anything. Yeah. Let's go see. Let's just let's go home. Oh, we, can't, <laughs> we can't. Let's go back in the TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, I suppose if they did get. Imagine if they did go back in the TARDIS, though, right now. Because if the Doctor didn't know that they were small, he wouldn't have to reverse it. Meaning they'd yes. actually jump somewhere else and they'd be tiny people in like. They'd be like. <gasps> What are these huge Daleks? It's all from these huge things. It changed the course of Doctor Who history. Yeah. Everything would be massive. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever the next episode is. The next one is Daleks, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They'll probably be a bit more deadly, I guess. They just could just roll over them. (laughs) (laughs) Exterminate. You wouldn't even realise. No. It'd be zapped by static electricity. (laughs) By lightning. (laughs) Yeah, it would be. And they don't know they're they're gone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no. They head outside, and um, they're in a pretty nondescript location, as far as they're concerned. Everything looks looks quite sort of, rocky, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite rocky, and they're just a bit it's like what's going on? Quarry. quarry, yeah. Although it's not quarry, as I said, mm-hmm. but they find massive ants. 
Yes, that's where they start discovering yeah. things are amiss because they. Yeah. Cause it starts off a with huge like a, worm. Yeah, they start. With, I think they're looking at the rocks, going, "These rocks are quite odd, aren't they?" And then, mm. then it goes on, like you say, to a worm, and they're like, "Look at this snake!" And then they kind of go, yeah. "Wait a minute, this is an earthworm. This is like a massive earthworm." Yeah. And the doctor's <laughs> going, "You got this sort of thing on Earth, but smaller, <laughs> much smaller. They're not this big." And they find like a proper, you know, a dead ant that is what. Oh, they, this is, this is, they find the eggs, don't they? And they yeah, the they eggs can are look huge. at this egg, and it says, "Looks a bit like an ostrich egg." But it's way too flat, flat that's oh, right. And it's, yeah. and it's just going, look, there's loads more eggs. And that's and they kind of when they see mm. your hand. Because me, me and you go, oh, they've been shrunk. It's honey, yeah. I shrunk the kids. Yes. But uh, they're it's still not aware at this, this point. This was a funny scene, wasn't it? Because they go, um, so they look at the egg and then they go, oh, yeah, look at this. And then Susan walks about two foot and then goes, <laughs> look, Ian. And there's just millions of eggs there. Yeah. Like, you could have seen that two seconds ago. Oh, but yeah. Limited look, by their set size, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, then, and then there's this ant ironic there. it's quite a oh small sets mm-hmm. oh, you're really on fire with these patterns oh you just had me up though I just had to yeah serve it <laughs> for that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they find this ant and it's dead the same as the earthworm yeah everything they're finding is dead um, and it's covered in some kind of sticky chemical, chemical. Sticky, sticky chemical thing yeah mm-hmm. um Indeed. So they kind of they, they, at this point they've kind of they've kind of wandered off in their little groups, haven't they? I think the doctor goes with Barbara and Susan goes with Ian, and they kind of are wandering off and finding more and more clues pointing to the fact that something's going odd here. I think Susan and Ian find like a packet of something that's like from Earth, and they're like, yeah. "This is from Earth, but it's huge." And they find a box of matches that is also huge. So Ian climbs in as one does. Well, that was, and he's like, "Wow, look at this!" He does a lot of climbing into stuff this episode. Yeah, it's. And it goes yeah. just about as wrong as you'd expect it to. Yes. And that's when they, they realise that this moment where Susan goes, don't you see, Ian's like, well, what can it be? This must be a giant, like, giant fairground of, world yeah. or what, something. Yeah. He's like, don't you see, Ian? We've shrunk. And then we've it shrunk. cuts to the Doctor and Barbara and Barbara going, we've shrunk? And the Doctor goes, yes, it's quite logical, you know? I quite like that parallel scene of them both kind of working out yeah, at the same time. Being like the logical part of it going, yes, it's logical. Quite, you know, it must have happened during the materialisation. Mm-hmm. In comes the human. This is when the humans come in. Because at this, at this point, the camera pans upwards, or it pans upwards from this point, maybe. And it's, yeah, I think so. It and it's like they're a in a garden. Because it shows a little tarnish, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Like, and you go, oh, that's a little model. And of course, it, in this, it is a it little is, model. It is a little it model. Though, yeah. They're on like the rocky path. Yeah, like, they were they're, like in the crack of a paving stone. I think that's where they've yeah. been wandering around. Yeah, in a garden. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite, Some it's quite funny. Some light-hearted music. Cause it goes, da, 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 yeah. da, 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 da. I think when I first started watching this, I said, I said, hang on a minute, are they shrunk? And two, are they just in someone's garden? And I was like, yeah, okay, that's a brilliant little, that's a brilliant little yeah. idea there. Just <laughs> like, so, <laughs> what perils would you find in a normal back garden? And usually nothing, but during this, they have a lot to deal with. Yeah, not just normal. It's like it's a crime scene. It is a crime. It's about to become a crime scene. Mm. It's not a crime scene just yet. Yes. Because a human comes over, picks up his matches with Ian inside, <laughs> yeah. wanders back over to the patio, and this is when the dude from the synopsis, what was his name? Forrester. Forrester, apparently. I... There's, there's a meeting between two people. Forrester, a businessman, and Arnold Farrow, a civil servant. Which is, who's got Ian in his pocket, in a matchbox. Yes. <laughs> um, um, I don't like the B-plot, I'm not going to lie, just as a full warning, it's a bit... Yeah, it's, it doesn't quite connect, I guess. But no, it's weird. It's kind of a really weird spy thing going on for like insecticide. I don't know. If it was more like secret documents or something, I'd maybe understand a bit more. But it was just a bit strange. 
And the guy was like, I must tell the ministry or whatever, the people, like, that this that your business plan is not going to work. And the guy goes, yeah, I the must DN6 kill you. Kills everything. It's not a very good insect. Yeah, it's like, basically it it's, it's basically it's not a very good insect. It will kill people eventually, sort of thing. Yeah. I will tell people, and the businessman's not like, okay, we'll have some more funding, and maybe make it better. He's like, I will take out my gun, and bang! I'm saying, well, you know, very well, I will kill you. And then eventually he does pull out his gun. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so, oh, God, that's cliche, and yeah. completely unexpected, and just, yeah. why are you doing this, man? And he just shoots him. <laughs> shoots him. <laughs> and everyone else, because I think Susan's run back to um, the Doctor and Barbara, they hear the ghost, oh, is that a cannon? Yeah, is that a cannon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it is not. It is. It is a gunshot. To that poor guy as well. He's just about to go on holiday. He's like, I'm just off on my just holiday. Just off on my holidays. Yes. Before I go, I've got to put in this research that will destroy you as a businessman. Off I go. It's very well. I will kill you then. I mean, in fairness, I wouldn't be expected to be killed over the insecticide. No. No. In Britain. <laughs> <laughs> we have standards here. <laughs> Well, it's not very often people get their hands on guns, to be honest with you. Especially, it was proper like a James Bond gun as well. It looked like one of those little mini Walther PK things. And I was like, yeah. that's like, it's not like a garden gun or a rifle or anything. It's like a proper, yeah, yeah, concealed gun. I was like, what? What is this we've wandered he into? Prepared, he did come prepared. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of an odd one. Not gonna lie. Yeah. So the the doctor, Barbara and Susan, are trying to follow. They're trying to find Ian. They're trying to find Ian. So they're kind of following where the guy went. And as they do, Mm. a bee drops down dead in front of them. It's really quite effective, actually. It's quite funny. It's this massive bee they've made. And they're just walking along and suddenly they're like, someone chucks it off the roof sort of thing. It just goes clonk. They're like, what the hell? (laughs) It was quite good, actually. (laughs) And I was like, oh, it's dead. You know, it died instantly. Bless it. Bless it. Poor old bee. What's going on? Meanwhile, Ian, he escapes the... Escapes the matchbox. Finds the dead scientist. Finds the dead the dead guy. It's huge, isn't it? It's like, a, it's like, it's like a picture. They do like a big green screen sort of thing where he's at the bottom and, he, and he's like looking up going, well, there's a... That's not as effective, I admit, but it's, it's not bad. It's yeah. it's much more effective when they've got the real items that they've just made huge because they get yeah. to play around with them and have to wander around and it's quite funny. But yeah, so um, they all meet up pretty quickly, actually, to be fair. The other yeah. guys make a pretty, pretty slow... A pretty, pretty quick journey. Like, let's let's get out of here. And he's like, no, let yeah. me show you something's going on. Let me show you this. Some guy's been murdered. And they go, okay. Something's going on. We're small. And this guy's been murdered. Yeah, so off they go. Back to the, the dead guy. The dead guy, yeah. And go, yep, he, he's dead, all right. He's been murdered. Yes, and the doctor's like, well, I'd love to do something, but we've got a bit more of a you know pressing issue right now. We're all tiny and we've got to get back to the ship. Mm. We can't, you know, I'd usually be all over this situation, you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. it's not much we can do in our current state. We're tiny. Yeah, we go back to the TARDIS, we can come big and we can come, come back. Yes, so um, <laughs> this is one of my fun, one of my favourite lines, actually, is he um, says, I think it's to Susan, um, with this one going back. She says, oh, isn't that going to be dangerous? He says, oh, like I said, my dear, it's fortunate everything is dead. And they turn around and there's a giant cat. <laughs> yeah, and, um... <laughs> Lol. Staring at them. Yeah. Although it's a normal cat. It's a normal cat, cat, but for them it's like, like, oh, what a cliffhanger. What a cliffhanger. I love how the cliffhangers this time are just really, all the cliffhangers are just really mundane things happening. happening. Yeah. But everyone else is like, oh no. Oh no. It's like, oh, a cat's turned up. Uh oh. But yes, that's the cliffhanger. That's the cliffhanger scene of episode one. Episode one. Yeah, so it's basically Honey on Shark for Kids. Yeah, with Doctor Who. Which, I'm assuming Doctor Who came first. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think, well, at least the one I'm thinking of, whether that was based on an original, I don't know. It's mm. something even older. It might be, I don't know. It's probably based on something even before that, like a book or something. In... 
whoever knows when. Yeah. Well, another night, actually, is um, I like the Doctor's cloak. Oh, yes. He's got a cloak in there. Yeah, he's got a cloak. It's, yeah, he's very swishy with it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very nice. It's very nice. It's like a Doctor Who sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Before Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was really quite effective actually with the um the big sets, but the little it kind of it, mm. yeah, it wasn't too bad. You did very well with that. Sort of yeah. Have you got any notes, bits and bobs? Yes, notes and bits and bobs. So, um, so this is a first for many uh, contributions. This story because Louis or Louis Marks, who the writer is, is this his first contribution to Doctor Who? Okay. And he would go on to do Day of the Daleks, Planet of Evil, and Mask of Andragora. This is. Composer Dudley Simpson's first contribution to Doctor Who too. He contributed to Doctor Who right up until the end of the Tom Baker era. Oh. And also okay. Douglas Canfield, the director who directed most classic series the most classic series stories as well. So this is a first for many people. That was the first for many people. In this story. First of the series. Yes. This they had a budget of two thousand pounds for every half an hour. And that includes actors and things. So Damn. they had to really push to try and get all these uh, things. Yeah. Because the story is about the um, insecticide, this kind of makes it Doctor Who's first environmentalist story. Oh. They talk about something that affects the environment. Although you wouldn't really think of them as a preacher saying, going, no, insecticides no. are bad. It's this in one, I guess, is a problem. Sort of yeah. Thing. And how it affects them. It's not like a sort of preachy story. Like, it's not a 13th Doctor one. Yeah. I, 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 I was going to go, humans. like, unlike some of them, when you're like, 13th Doctor one, and she's like... I mean, come on, it is the preachiest, yeah. preachiest thing I've ever heard in my life. Come on, team. Come on, Yaz. <laughs> We've got to stop the N6. It's the only way. Don't insecticide things. I'm not very good at it. No, I mean, you're not, you're sounding more north than I do, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you need to go norther. Yeah. What's this, Doctor? Is it DN6? It's like, it's DN6, Ryan. Don't, DN6. don't touch that. Don't touch that, Ryan. Hang about, Doc. Are you telling me this is poisonous? <laughs> yeah, you, you lot, you don't take care of your planet. Right. You'll end up like this. You'll end up like this dead guy. Like these dead guys right here. You don't take care of your planet. Yeah, your planet. That includes you children at home. I think we've turned Scottish now as well. <laughs> includes you children at home. You've gone Capaldi. You've gone Capaldi. Anyway, back anyway. to the uh, better topic. So, yes, this one also has a note of there's mixed reports of when this story is dated. Oh, yeah. Um, now, the novelization suggests you would think it's 1963. It makes sense. Or 1964. Yeah, broadcast 1964 by the looks of it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Near the end of 1964. Yeah. A whole year later. Yeah. So you think it would be then. The novelization suggests it's 1963. Some external sources say it's 1964. One source says it's 1969, which is more aligned with the later unit years. Oh. Which is the... Um, I mean, it's all just the 60s, right? There's not really much going on. There. <laughs> oh, there's not really much going on. Well, right in there. fairness, back in those times, it's it's not like now where there's five years you get like a brand new technology released, you know. it's It was a lot slower, wasn't it? I don't think oh. it may have changed, but not that much. With insecticides, I mean, come on. Oh, with insecticides. Yeah. Maybe, but... That's, I mean, that's the thing. This Literally, this entire story was taking place in someone's garden, so I don't think it's going to make much difference, is what I'm saying. Okay. In between... If it was late 60s or early 60s. That's it. That's it for this episode. That's my facts. Okay. We'll move on to episode two then. Episode two. Dangerous Journey. Whatever you do, don't look into the cat's eyes. I don't fancy being part of the cat's diet. The people that live in this house are murderers. Barbara, quick, in the briefcase. 
He also bumped my knee against a large piece of metal. It sounds ridiculous. It was a paper clip. Are you think him climbing up the inside of it? Yes. And remember, you must think of the other two. There's only the two of us to help them. Fly must have died the moment it landed. Stop it! Stop it! Let's go and get this muck off our hands. There's a sink in the lab. He's standing at the sink. He's turned the tap on. with episode two we're face to face with the cat dun 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 dun, dun, dun. and I think it's the doctor that goes like yeah, don't look it in the eye stay very still don't, don't look at it stay very still yeah. you know wait till it gets bored and it will never this know this vision is based on movement <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the cat does soon get bored to be fair it's a very much it's, a, it's like a ten second tense moment and then the cat runs off they go Whew, yeah. and then we don't see it again that's, no, it's done it's gone yeah, yeah. They needed a cliffhanger. They were like, okay, let's go, right, let's go for it. So, yeah, no, they discuss what to do. Um, usually they would try and bring the killers to justice, as they say. Um, but they're hardly in a state to do so. Um, they also rule out making contact with other humans. They're like, well, why don't we just tell somebody? He said, well, as if we could, you know, you've heard them speaking, we can hear them. And they're like, it's a really weird, it's very, deep. very, very deep vibration sound. They said, because we're on a different wavelength, they wouldn't be able to hear us, which was quite cool, actually. Yeah, like, they thought about that. Yeah, they'd be all squeaky. They would never be able to understand us. Um, and also, the doctor was like, well, considering the fact that this house, owned, you know, someone here is a murderer, I don't really want to make myself known to them because they'd either experiment on us or just kill us. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, that's true. You know, so there's, it's not really a, a good, good answer. Um, they kind of are still debating when they realize people are moving towards them. They can mm. hear sounds again. They're like, oh no, that's the, the sound. They're coming back. They're coming back. So they split up and in a panic, <laughs> <laughs> um, Ian drags Barbara towards a briefcase, the briefcase of the man on the floor and gets inside it. Which goes about the same problem yeah. as the, uh, matchsticks. Mm hmm. Yeah. gets picked up. So yeah, this time it's the man is this businessman is back with a scientist. Smithers. Smithers. This is B plot. B plot is hyping up. He's hyping up. It's getting God. tense. And he's <laughs> really bringing old. him in and he goes, you know, he tried to kill me with a gun and he tried to death. kill him. Yes. And and Smithers goes, I know you're talking rubbish. Um, but I'll help you because I wanna help the starving children in wherever. Oh, it's a load of crap, isn't it? It's just like a line <laughs> taken from, I don't know, I don't even know what it was. It was like, like, very well, I will help you. I will help you, because you've killed somebody, and because he, he was like, I want to help you save lives, and there was just a dead body at his feet, and I'm like, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they work together to hide the body, and so they bring the suitcase inside, chuck it on the lab table, because mm-hmm. inside is a, is a lab, even though the outside looks a bit like a house, inside it's a laboratory. Yeah. Chucks the bag on the table and then they go to deal with the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ian and Barbara emerge and are like, we're trapped inside. Oh and no. The doctor and Susan decide we've got to go rescue Ian and Barbara. These two idiots, yeah. These two idiots. These two bloody <laughs> humans. Yeah. yeah. There's a nice little scene here because the, the doctor and Susan decide to climb up a pipe, don't they? Yeah, they the do. Yeah. But it's quite another scene because at this point, you know. In terms of the Doctor's Dick scale, which we've been measuring, the Doctor's Dickishness. The Doctor's Dickishness. Doctor's dickishness, the doctor's dickishness on, on, a the, scale. on a scale. On a scale. Not the Doctor's Dick scale, come on, on now. Scale. Get your mind out of the gutter. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, the Doctor's improved a lot, because at this point he could just leave. Yeah. But instead he goes, no, no, we yeah, must. we got to save them, we're their only hope, sort of thing. Yeah, because Susan's like, are we sure we should be doing this? You know, like yeah. a little pansy in the Doctor's. <laughs> and the Doctor's like, no, we're their only hope. Come on, child, let's get up come this on. drain pipe, you know? He was the one definitely, like, 
pushing it. He was like, right, let's go. We're going to go. We're going to climb up this thing. There's like grooves inside. Let's climb up the drain pipe. Yes, there's grooves on the pipe because they've been pouring the N6 down there. So it's, it's corroded, corroded it, it. Yeah. so they can climb up. It's a clever little... Which is interesting, actually. So why don't they get sick? They've been washed away, I guess. Okay. It's just that as soon as Barbara touches something a bit later, she gets incredibly sick. She does. They're getting their hands and feet and face covered in this stuff while they climb up the drain pipe. (laughs) Just smear my face on the pipe. (laughs) Anyway, um, so they start climbing. Out in the the office, in the lab, Mm -hmm. Ian and Barbara emerge from the briefcase. Yes. And study to find, you know, they're in the lab. What are we going to do? How do we get out of here? Yeah. How are we going to get down from the table? Um, so this is, they kind of start exploring and they find a pile of seeds. Yes. And they're like, hmm, what's this? And Ian's having a look around and Barbara picks one up and is like, oh yeah, this is really sticky. How weird. Puts it down. And then they, I think they discover a bit of paper, don't they? What do they? With some no, I think, I, well, I think, I think Ian starts to discover some test tubes and things and a bit more of the equipment. Oh, yes. I think the paper's a bit later, but he theorises that this, this insecticide is very dangerous for things because mm. of course he's a scientist. So he's kind of looking at it and going, hmm, yes. It's a reason why all those things died. Uh, definitely, we should never we touch, touch it. it. Yeah. Make sure we don't touch it. We've, we've been in real trouble there. Yeah. And Barbara's just behind and him. And Barbara's like, like uh, uh, and she's trying to go, um, but Ian, Ian, and he's like, yes, it would be terrible if that happened. If anyone would touch it, they'd thank, probably die. Thank God we are not that stupid, stupid. Barbara. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's such an idiot. <laughs> this character by an episode and a half. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah, yeah, no, uh... She basically, she, but she doesn't decide to tell him. Yeah, because they try and get the, the open the briefcase more mm-hmm. to try and get some stuff out. Yeah. That's it. They decide to make a ladder out of paper clips that are in the briefcase. Yes. Because I think earlier when they were being jostled around in there, one hit yeah. Barbara and hurt her ankle, and she was like, this is nonsense. We've been, been hit by a paper clip. hit by a paper clip, and we're trying to get some cotton wool to try and climb down the thing. This is nonsense. <laughs> and he's like, try not to think about it, just let's just keep let's going. Just let's just do it. It's like, this is a load of nonsense. It's, it's, it's really quite funny, actually, isn't it? They use yeah. all these little, little household items. And then Barbara turns around and There's massive fly. fly. She's quite scary, actually. Yeah. But it's dead. It's okay. So she, I think she faints. She screams and faints. I think it's alive at first, and then she faints. Oh, yeah. Then Ian shows up. And then up. Ian shows up, and it flies off and lands on the seeds. Yes. And then dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's what happened, yeah. So he's like, don't worry about it. That fly was stupid enough to touch those seeds. So it's dead. Yeah, it's dead, don't worry. Died instantly. Died instantly. So she's been looking at her hands again and, and rubbing hands, them and stuff. To, yeah, going, oh no. What am I, I going to do? Yeah. Whereas the Doc and Susan, it kind of keeps cutting to the Doctor, kind of Susan, jump, uh, sort of not jumping, climbing up the drain pipe. And, um, <laughs> the poor Doctor cut to him, he looked absolutely shattered. He did look absolutely shattered, bless him. I mean, it's yeah. a long way up, <laughs> I'm assuming. Yes, yeah, so they're climbing up this bloody drain pipe. Um, they, they get to the top and they have to push this. Um, do they push the plug up or do they just climb through? Mm, they just climb through. Yeah, they just climb through. Yes, they climb through into a sink. Yes. Yes, and they go, hmm, how are we going to contact them? But they realise that because there's, they're in like a bowl shape, they can, their voices should um, echo outwards and be amplified. Mm. So they start to shout for, for Ian and Ian and Barbara. Ian! Me Barbara! It's just like Marco Polo all over again. Polo, yeah. And Ian and Barbara are over there going, oh, that's those guys. We should wander towards them without shouting out ourselves. Mm. So off they go. But they, they, they find the sink, they go, oh, Hello, everyone. You're okay. And you go, yeah. oh, you're okay. Yeah. You didn't touch the seeds, did you? No, lovely. No, Good none work. of us did. <laughs> we're not idiots. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not stupid. What do you take us for? So there's the... The the plug hole chain? Plug. Plug hole thing and the chain? As a chain. And ah, so yes. Barbara and Ian start climbing down mm-hmm. that. 
it's quite cool for to picture it. They've they made a set with a hole like a sink um, mm-hmm. drain and a little chain that goes up, and they made the side of the sink with a chain the other side for Ian and Barbara to climb down. So all these things have got like little sets and things, and it like the briefcase was one. They had like a little corner of the briefcase, and also the top of the briefcase where you got the little lock mechanism. So I think it was trying to jump on it, wasn't it? And just trying to get the, yeah, the to lock bit open. Stuff. So they kind of did, you know, a lot of these little bits of sets and stuff. It really was good, quite yeah. Effective. But the B-plot team are back now. Yes, they're back. They've been cleaning up the blood outside. And now they go, time to wash our hands. <laughs> and of course, everyone goes, oh no. And Ian and Barbara climb back up quickly and then try and run over for cover. And yeah. the Doctor and Susan head down the pipe. And so this is the, as the, you know, the two will go, excellent, we cleaned up the blood. And then they take their jackets off. Undo their off, sleeves, take their watches their sleeves, off. Take their watches off, go, we're about that, to head over to the I wonder if there's sink. any little humans nearby that need to move out the way before we get yeah, over there. Better give them a bit of time before we head over. <laughs> <laughs> and they come over, give their hands a little bowl of wash. And of course, Ian and yes. Barbara go, oh no, the water, what about... Yeah, because the plug's been... He puts the plug in, fills it up, does his wash, and then he releases the, the plug. plug. And the water heads down. And of course, the Doctor and Susan are down there. Cliffhanger! Cliffhanger! Dun, dun, dun! dun. As we said, they're very normal cliffhangers, but in this very... situation, they're very, very scary I love that to be the cliffhanger of like another story at some point, where yeah. just someone empties a sink. Empties the sink. It was even, like... <gasps> even though it's no, not small... <laughs> Yeah. Um, like rattle on and end of time is going, oh, Gallifrey. I'm going to wash oh, my victory. Hands. Let me just wash my hands, take the plug out. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, it was quite a fun little episode. Was, I definitely liked um, the sets were, were yeah, good for this one. And there was lots of, actually, it's just the things for them to, I suppose, you like climbing up and down the chain. It was quite good. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. Have you got any notes of it, some bobs? Yes, yeah, sir. So this story was filmed as part of the, f- the first block, so part of series one, but moved as part oh, of series okay. two. Um, the story idea had been floated around in various forms since the show's very beginning, oh. including it being the original pitch for episode one, i.e. you'd have an unknown for child, and then they would shrink and become tiny in the school. Oh. Yeah. Crushed by school children. Crushed by school children, including an idea of them um, um, talking to the pupils under microscopes, being able to talk to them that way. Right. And the original intention was to swap this one with the next one, because it's more dramatic and this is a comedian. They wanted a dramatic start, but they kind of just stuck to go stuck with this one in the end. Okay. As a start. Um, that's it for notes for me for this episode. Okay. We've got episode three then. Episode three, Crisis. The most generic episode. <laughs> name ever. Name ever. That describes every Doctor episode ever. We're in a crisis. We're in a crisis. They really didn't try with that, did they? Which, which episode does this come from? We're in a crisis. Well, given in sufficient quantity, of course, it's capable of killing human beings. Is that why I feel like this? Yes, you've got some of it on your hands and you didn't tell us anything about it. It was very wrong of you, wasn't it? Can you to explode and when it does it'll go off just like a thousand pound bomb <laughs> it's nothing like a good fire is there <laughs> well i'm happy to say out there well perhaps i should know now where we are so how the doctor and susan survived they were in the overflow pipe mm. and they watch it go by it's funny because I thought, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that's clever. And you're like, oh, that's anticlimactic. I was like, I wanted it's, to see a water ride. 
Yeah. I'm regenerating so then I'm drowning. I don't know if you, I wanted to just see how, how they would have done it. Um, I thought it would be... Yeah, that would be quite funny. Yeah. That's like, it's going to be... It's going to be like, I tell you what it would be like, they'd, you know... They'd have them there, pinned down, and people chucking water at them. <laughs> just, <laughs> they just be like, right. Yeah. But yeah, no, they just kind of put water in front of, like, in front of their faces, and uh, they were in the Everflow vibes, they are all fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, yeah, they want to... Um, the Doctor's got a bit of an idea. He's, he's He wants to lead them towards a phone. So they want to try and call police about the murder, which is a bit strange, if I'm honest, but alas. So they basically, um, they all make their way over, and it's a bit like a, um, a building scene of them. They've got these corks, and they're trying to lift the phone off the receiver. So they kind yes. of, you know, they really all heave up. And Barbara's not doing very well. She's getting worse, so she's really weak. But they're all heaving this, you know, the, the phone up and trying to put these corks underneath. And then it zooms out, and the phone just jiggles a tiny little bit. Yeah. <laughs> You know, imagine someone's hand slightly off camera just twisting the phone a little bit. Yes. And it cuts back to them going, heave. Heave, you know, dying underneath the strain of this phone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they managed to get off and are shouting in it again. It's quite funny because there's a doctor Susan E going, Can you, you hear us? And the operator on the other end is going like, Hello, operator here. Yeah. You got a bad connection? What's going on? What's going on? Who's there? That's yes. Hilda Rowles. That Rose, is Hilda. So. Who'd out. already had a call from this house? Yes, that's a couple true. Of ago. Because we missed this bit, I think. But the businessman said, "I've got a call." The, to make sure um, everything. You know, pretend to be him. Make sure everything. Pretend to be him to call call the office and phone in my report because yeah. that's what he would have done. So he tries to do it and tries to cover his voice and goes, "Hello," with a handkerchief. Hello. Yeah. Hello. No, he doesn't. He he just has a handkerchief, oh, okay, like yeah. you say. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't do a funny voice, and then he calls, and she's like, mm, "This is suspicious." Because he's also decided to hide the body by Put putting on the on boat, boat. Because the, yeah. the guy was going, I'm going on a holiday on my boat by myself. Goodbye. So they, Feel free to murder me. So they, they decide to put it on this <laughs> boat and push it out and sink it. Yeah. So no one will ever know he was killed. So as this is happening, Barbara falls down ill. She's she does. poisoned by the DN6. Yes. The Doctor and Ian finally realise what Ian goes, oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah. She's been having symptoms all along. She hasn't felt well, and now she's collapsed. Why didn't yeah. she tell me? Why didn't she tell us? Why didn't she tell us that this fatal thing has happened to her? Well, I was going around going, anyone who touches that would be an idiot. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, bless her. But, you know, the doctor's the only way to really help her is to get them back to normal size, because then, they, you know, her system can fight it. But mm. at the moment, it's huge. In, like, it's, a, it's too big. She's like an insect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is interesting, actually, because she's more than a fly. Yes. But I'm assuming human nervous systems are pretty more complex, so potentially that's why. Mm. It's taking a while for her to be poisoned. Yeah, no, uh, but Barbara wakes up and um, basically says, no, we can't go back to the ship, not until they've stopped the murderers somehow. Mm. I kind of thought the best if they got back to the ship, then came back and solved the murder whilst they were human-sized, but alas, this is, you know, this is not how the writers wanted to do it, clearly. No. There's no drama in that. So they're like, hmm, we need to cause some problems. And the doctor's like, ah, we should cause a fire. There's nothing like a good fire, is there? That's, yeah, that's one of his lines. I don't quite like a good fire, is there? What an arsonist. Yeah, so they, they take the um, the phone on the hook, don't they? Yeah, they, well, they, yeah they, they leave the phone off the hook, so it's um, it's kind of like it's... So the operator's like, what the hell's going on down there? Yeah, because they can hear all the stuff going on, and in the other room, yeah, the guy can't pick up the phone and use it and stuff, so it's causing a bit of problems. So this is where they, they set the gas going, and, and this is where the Ian mm-hmm. and Susan use the matchstick to try and 
they use it like a joust. To yeah, they use it like a joust. It's quite light good. Light it, and then they can light the gas, and then use it to blow up a can of DN6. Yes, yeah, they try and... It's, it's a very Just elaborate like a little scheme. scheme. For them, they'll need to get away from this before it explodes, because we'll be toast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they set it up, and then... No, no, it's slightly before this, doesn't it? Isn't it that the the bad guy picks up the phone? Yes, I mean this is what I mean. This is kind of this these kind of things happen concurrently. So whilst they're these guys are, so it takes them a while to try and do this. get the equipment to be able to do this. And whilst they're kind of running around on the t- surface table, getting matches and setting things up, the murderer is coming into the lab because the phone in the office doesn't work because obviously this one's off the hook, and he's wants to try and get through to the operator again. Um, mm. And she's like, I need to speak to because I think. She's trying to, you know, he's. She's like, you've got a phone call or whatever. Yeah, she she thinks something's up and has got her husband Bird to listen in. Yes. And she's going, oh, there's a. I, I need to know, speak to so and so. Is that um, Mr. Farrow? Yeah, she goes, is it Mr. Farrow? And you go, yeah, that is. And she goes, well, I want to speak to Mr. Forrester. Yeah. And he's like, he kind of has like this dramatic zoom close up on his face as he's kind of thinking, going, how am I getting out of this? He's like, okay, I'll leave a message for Mr. Forrester, who is not me. And then he goes, can you put him on the phone? And he's like, okay. And then like, I was like, hello, it's Mr. Forrester. And he just puts the handkerchief over his, his The other thing. end are like, That's the same see, man. it's the same man. It's the same man signing things up. And Bert goes, all right, I'll go. I'll go have, have a look. look. I'll go have a look. I don't think he's thumbs up his head. No. I'll go have a look. We'll go have a look, or you will. Right. <laughs> see what's Get going on here. Head on down. Seeing what's going on over oh. here. Something's funny going on over Something's here. Something's funny going on in there in that laboratory. <laughs> Yes, and this is when, in the background, the other guys yes. have been lighting things. So they they start they they hide behind something whilst this thing's lit on fire. Smithers then, realizes some. You know, he goes. Well, he comes in and goes, "What the hell? Why is this on fire?" This is terrible. Oh, he's going to kill been, loads of stuff. Yes. And Forrester pulls out his gun again and goes, "Well, I'll kill you if you try." <laughs> so get in the lab. So they get him in the lab, and that's when discover it's the, they discover the fire is and started. the DN six explodes in in Forrester's face. He goes, "Ah." ah. And that's when Bert arrives, the policeman. The policeman takes the gun. The hero, and goes, let me take that from you. And arrests them. And arrests them. And all the others. The other four are racing. I think they ride down the drain again. Head down the drain. Which, again, they missed. They could have made a massive slide, but alas. Yeah, that would have been fun. It would have been very fun. A vertical drop, though. Oh, my God. That would have been quite scary, yeah. Very scary. Yeah. And then pitch black as well. Yeah. Yeah. But then they head back to... The TARDIS, don't they? I don't think there's any much of them going. No, they pretty much jumped back to them in the TARDIS after that, but they're still small. They take the seed then with them. Don't they, they take a seed with them, I think, is for reference um, of their size. There's a massive size. prop seed. Yeah. They go in the TARDIS and the doctor is fiddling around the controls and he's like, Have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? And they're like, I'm working on it, my boy. <laughs> Activates it and then you look and the seed goes <laughs> and shrinks down yes. to normal size. Yeah, and they're like, Phew. We're and okay. then Barbara's suddenly like, I feel so much better. I feel so much better. And then the doctor comes in and they go, did it work? And he goes, here you go. And he holds out a little seed. Here's the seed. It's tiny. They go, oh my God, we're, we're, we're okay again. Yay. Oh, yeah. So it was the murder report. They go, I assume so. I saw I saw the policeman come in. Off we go. Policeman came in just as we left. So that's yeah. good. Yes. So they go and they're like, go, go, go clear yourself. Like, go have a shower or whatever. Yes. And then he goes, okay, let's land the ship. And mm-hmm. the scanner's broken. And he goes, oh, rats, the scanner's broken. Yeah. He goes, let me do this thing, and then I might be able to see where we are. Yes. And that's the cliffhanger. It is the cliffhanger. Yeah. It kind of jumps up to the, the scanner, and then it goes, just, you know, is it like continued on next episode or whatever or something? Yes, I think it's just next episode is whatever. Next episode is this, and it's, yeah, it was quite a good little ending, actually. So, yeah. Ooh, yeah. 
Very mysterious. Mm. And that was that. So it was, was quite, yeah, three? quite a lot going on with episode three. Quite a lot of plot points being... It was a bit of a crisis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the plot B point was foiled by uh, Hilda. Hilda and her husband, Hilda and apparently. So I think they need a bit of a spin-off. That's what I, I think. I mean, it's about how it's nearly 60 she's, years. She's, she's, a, she's a very suspicious telephone very operator. Sus- <laughs> well, she is a telephone operator in a small village who works at a village shop with her husband, Bert, the policeman. Oh. That's a sound for a TV show. And all, <laughs> you know, some, some aliens come moving and then they go, oh, looks like some aliens have moved in next door, Bert. So I think, you better go check it out. Go check it out. He must be he must be exhausted, person. <laughs> you say everyone's suspicious. Well, they are. They are. <laughs> Have you got any other, any other notes of bits and bobs? Yes, this part was originally two parts. It was originally a four-part story. Oh, God, that would have dragged. Yeah, so it, and it did. So they condensed it down ah, to okay. one story. <laughs> they noticed. Yes. Some of the, the ideas of it were kept for like the novelisation to pan it out a bit more. Okay. But yeah, they kind of cut it. Which I think, for me, was for the better. The story definitely was not too badly paced or anything it felt okay oh fair enough that's it okay that's it for episode three that's it for episode three well I guess it's time for Big Finish Corner then coming soon from Big Finish Productions you're listening to a Big Finish production Big Finish we love stories you're listening to the Big Finish Corner take it away Big Finish Corner you excited Yes, very. Did that sound convincing? That did sound very convincing. Thank you. Yes! Thank you. No, to be fair, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I know you've been doing a bit of work for this. Haven't I you? have. I've read and listened to a lot of stories for this. You're and written lots of notes. I'm prepared. Okay. Look how many notes there are. Damn. Right, I'll sit back and listen to story time. Yes, but I would like you to go and go, that sounds really good. Or you're Yay! so clever. You're so clever, Anderson. That sort of thing. Pat you on the head. Yeah. If okay. you can do that, that'd be great. Okay, I can do that. So, spoilers for out for this, for these stories, in case you're ever interested in listening to these obscure Doctor Who stories. So, this <laughs> is pretty much the de facto gap for these this companion team. Mm-hmm. So, according to the Eye Spider timeline, which is the one I've been using so far, mm-hmm. that suggests there are 34 stories in this Ooh. gap. But all the timelines timelines are slightly different, so I've kind of been picking and choosing bits and pieces from okay. the different ones. Fair enough. So this entire thing has got several comics, short stories, audios, books. It's got the there's first Doctor Adventures on Big Finish with David Bradley in the Doctor in the role, and he's done. I think it's Volume Seven is coming out. Each volume has two, so that'll be fourteen stories he's done, Damn. like four parters. So he's done quite a bit. The first story we we come across immediately after Reign of Terror. This one is set. Straight after that. It's Rise and Fall. Okay. It's a short story. So it's Ian and the, do- the Doctor. They go decide to go to a nice peaceful planet after Paris. Fair enough. And they arrive. They come outside. Doctor and Ian. You go, wow, this is a nice peaceful planet. It's like no one's lived here yet. Hmm. And then they start seeing, like, mirages of people. Oh. And it's going around and they're going around faster and faster. And what's happening is these people live at a different time rate. Oh, so wow. for the people, they go, who are these two mysterious figures that never move? And as they are watching, the civilization rises and falls and goes to this big city. They go to the moon and stuff, and they destroy themselves with civil war. So in moments, all this rushing around, and suddenly there's ruined buildings everywhere. Damn. And they're like, bloody hell, what have we just seen? So they decide to, um, 
they said, let's go. You know, we, let's not stay and stick around, poke around. No, it, yeah. It's, what's happened here is a tragedy. You know, just having to do seconds flat, so let's go. So they hop in the TARDIS and off they go. And that's that short story. It's quite a good short story, actually. Quite an interesting idea, yes. Next up is a missing adventure that was originally pitched to the show to do with uh, Alexander the Great. Oh. Um, so it's different timelines say different things. Some people say it's in this place. Some people say it's earlier on in the series. Um, mm-hmm. But this is one... Yeah, as with all of them, this is one I've listened to. So um, this one's quite an interesting one. They basically arrive. Alexander the Great is coming back from his conquests to Babylon, I think. I okay. forgot the name. And as he's there, he's got his great generals and stuff. And it is to do with all their deaths. They all get killed off, these generals, one by one, by these evil dudes trying to take power. Okay. Because, you know, they're all thingies second in, third, fourth in command. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is they're killing the fourth, killing the third, killing the second, and then killing Alexander. Yeah. And they've gotten a deal with the fifth, so he'll become the king sort of thing. Right. So it's quite an interesting little story. They kind of buddy up with Alexander, and he's a nice chap who who works with them sort of thing. Of course. He's like, yeah, that's what, yeah. So there's, there's a few interesting bits, because um, at one point they believe you know, these two deaths, it must be these four newcomers. As you know, yeah. So we'll put them to trial. So we'll put Ian into a trial of his choosing of a sport and then make the Doctor walk the fire, walk fire. Oh, Jesus. The Doctor is able to survive by, he rubs his feet on the ground loads and then walks across the fire fine. And everyone's like, wow, this is amazing. It's like, because I made my feet sweat. So then when I walked, and oh. the sweat would evaporate as opposed to me being burned. And then they go, Ian, what sport would you like to compete against these bloody Greek warriors? <laughs> and he's like, wrestling. <laughs> so, yeah. Of course he is. Of course he does. So he goes into this, you know, this arena, wrestles these, like, hundred or whatever things. It's this tournament. So they kind of have this, like, tourney kind of structure <laughs> until he's facing the evil one, of the evil guy, the fifth leader sort of uh-huh. dude right at the end. I see. Um, and... Ian does his magical powers of wrestling. I see. Um, and, and manages to defeat them all. I think it's because he does like nerve pinches and uses their own weight against them, sort of yes. that sort of thing. He's like uh-huh. he's a physics. He's a scientist. Yes. As they're coming towards him, he calculates the equations and then goes, the speed of light, sort of thing. Yes. Um, but yeah, in the end, Alexander is dying. Mm-hmm. And there's an interesting little bit here where the doctor decides. I'm going to save Alexander, even though he, he we know he dies here. Bar- Barbara spent the whole story going, <laughs> yeah, he dies. We know he dies here. <laughs> Although she's quite loving it. She's fangirling over these these people, these, Greeks, these, yeah. these, these Greek generals. Um, so Ian builds, they decided, okay, Alexander, your lungs are done for. We need to build you an iron lung. So Ian goes and builds an iron lung out of shields. He goes, okay, we'll do use this to... Uh, he's, he's a scientist. He's a proper scientist. Right, so. yeah. And the doctor says, you know, I'm not going to leave Alexander's part because this is something I didn't really know about him, but he trained to be a doctor, but then stopped and took a Hippocratic Oath, and that is why he will help Alexander. It's not... He didn't really think of this when he tried to kill that caveman. But, no. But he decides to save Alexander, and then Alexander realises these people are time travellers from the future and says, you know... What about my legacy to bring the world together? And they go, yeah, it doesn't. It, it falls apart and goes together again and falls apart. And he's like, oh, well, what's the point? <laughs> Not quite like that, but he goes, you know, yeah. I know my place in history. I'm going to just keel over. So he keels over. Um, 
There's no mention of the Aztecs here, but there is a little bit where the Doctor goes, you know, I am going to save Alexander and try and change time, and Barbara sort of puts her hand on his shoulder, and it's like a mm-hmm. little, little character moment. But that's that for you. That's like a six or seven parter mm-hmm. audio. Uh, so this is where we start David Bradley's series, where, you know, from his Adventure in Space and Time, and yes, series seven, volume seven, is coming out soon. So the very first one of his is where they meet the Master, this is James Dreyfus. This is James Dreyfus. The transphobe. The, the, the transphobe, yes. Ah. Um, I did not listen to this in this gap. I listened to it a while ago, but I thought I'd just add it in as well. Um, yeah, it's all right. They go on another planet, and the Master's in charge of it. And there's not much going on in terms of character stuff. It's mainly the Master's doing evil stuff. And there's a nice little bit where Susan, of course, Susan recognises the Master and is like, oh my God, it's him. This bad person, you know. Yeah. So that was, that was quite neat, but they kind of—I think it was a bit of a miss, Mister Trick with it, really. And I think it was a bit of mismarketed because they were kind of like, "This is the first master, and this is the first time the Doctor meets the Master from Gallifrey." And you go, "Ooh, there's going to be some spicy drama here." Never just isn't. There wasn't. It was like a standard Doctor Who master story. Oh. It just so happened to be the first Doctor, because I think originally it was they went, "Here is a villain," and then right in the last minute they went, "Wait a minute, we can make this villain the Master," and they're like, "Oh yeah, good idea." So they did. And you uh, can kind of tell. Yeah. I've uh, so. That's a shame. Um, and then there's a bit of a gap here of story. So I've not listened to these, but they go to the Great Blizzard of 1888 in America. They go to an alien world where there's no death. They go to 19th century Japan and the ancient Tyre and the Phoenician civilization in a bizarre world between time and space. Then we have another audio to listen to. Return to Scarrow, where they... Return to Skyrim. Did you... This one you mentioned when we were actually watching the Dalek episode. Don't know. So I know, so. I know at the end of that episode they said, oh yeah, you know, one day we'd like to come back. And I think you said, oh yeah, they do yes. come back eventually. They yes, come they back do. And it's... Yes, this is that. This is to do with their grandchildren of the thing. I ah, think. yes. Children or grandchildren. Yeah. Okay. So it's to do with that. And they come back and um, the Thals are doing pretty all right. And then it's... Episodes one and two are... When they bring back the Daleks, they bring in a bit of a, I don't want to say cliche, but I feel a bit mean, but, you know, <laughs> if you were to pick the number one way you bring them back, it would be some teenagers decide to go into the Dalek city and then go, wow, we're in the Dalek city. What's this? The Dalek, they go, let's go. And then one of them goes, you Susan go, we shouldn't be going in. It's dangerous. And they go, well, we're here now. Let's go further in. And then they end up in the <laughs> control room. And then it turns out the Daleks are still alive. Oh dear. And then episode two, episode three becomes the second most one in which a scientist believes that the Daleks are actually good and helps resurrect them. Oh dear lord. So yeah, that doesn't go well. And then part four is a big fight and I kind of lost lost it. <laughs> I lost what's going on. But, Fair enough. But yeah, that was that. It wasn't too great. And then after that, the next story is they go and are present during the Russian Revolution and the end of the Romanovs. Oh. Which I have, but I haven't listened to. Okay. Um... Then we have The Last Days. So this is a short story. This mm-hmm. is, I read this before as well, and I was like, Jesus, this is a dark story. Basically, in this gap, every all the companions have their kind of their own Aztecs would be decided where they go. Ian goes, no, I'm going to change history. doesn't work. Susan yeah. goes, I'm going to change history, and it doesn't work. Um, so this is Ian's. So it's set during the Siege of Masada. I should learn how to pronounce this, but uh, I did not hear of this, but I've not heard of this, but originally... And so the team end up individual sides of this conflict. So what it is, is there's a siege. And there are some rebels in there. 
and some Romans on the outside. Yes. So they're like Jewish rebels in there and then Romans outside. The Doctor and Susan are with the Romans and Ian and Barbara are inside. Okay. And Ian is helping the Romans and wants to change his history to save them. And go, uh, we're going to fight you. And the Doctor's like, no, I'm going to help the Romans to try and counteract Ian and mm. keep history on track. Um, but Barbara eventually tells Ian, you know, that history is, you know, I've learned this the hard way. Mm. The history will just carry on. And what happens in this event is that they, rather than be slaves to the Romans, the rebels all kill each other. Right. And they break a system where they all kill their wives, the soldiers, and then they take lots and then they all go about killing each other. And because killing themselves is a sin, so they, sick, kill, yeah. they kill each other until there's one person left who kills themselves. Oh, okay. So only that person gets in. But what happens in the end is that last person is Ian, who then has to kill them all. And then the last, oh. guy, the other last guy left goes... I, I was me, I put your name in the lot and made it so it was just your name because I knew you didn't really want to kill yourself. So mm. I'm, I'm going to let you live, sort of thing. And then he killed himself and Ian's sword. And so it was a bit sort of big gruesome. And then, yeah. and then they're like, shit, this has gone horribly wrong. And then that's when the Romans come in and the doctor manages to convince the leader of the Romans, go, ah, these two are my spies. Yeah. Let's get out of it. And then they scale off. Jesus. So yeah, not 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 too great. No. No. It doesn't sound it. Um, this is also an interesting little one because Barbara makes a reference to a story that hasn't happened yet. Okay. She goes, you know about my time in Rome beforehand, which is in the Romans, which hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, so that's an interesting little bit. Um, and then this next one is two books, which tie in quite closely to Planet of the Giants. Okay. Um, these are the last two bits I've got, so I had to quickly read these ready for this, this thing. <laughs> um, but they form a little bit of an effectively a little trilogy. Okay. Because they one vaguely leads into the next, which directly leads into this, and it all kind of ties up. Um, so on, the first one is City at World's End, in which they had to come to this alien planet, big city, but they discover it's empty. And there's, there's this big rocket, and basically a moon is going to hit this planet right. of everyone else. They're making this rocket. Um, meteors hit, and Susan and Barbara get trapped under a collapsed building. Ooh. And he and the doctor get taken away to a second-class citizen camp sort of thing. Mm. They manage to escape because people are going missing. Right. So okay. they manage to help the authorities try and work out what's going on. Elsewhere, Susan is taken to hospital. Barbara is lost in the sewers under the city. So they kind of all get split Ooh. up and it's all getting complicated. Mm. Um, Ian the Doctor kind of get on the good side of the authority, but not all the authority. The church there doesn't like them. Okay. Um, meanwhile, with Susan, the church guy goes, okay, let's let's investigate Susan. We want to question, does Susan believe in our God? Because mm -hmm. she's an alien and they know they're an alien. So they, this is an interesting bit where they kidnap Susan and a SWAT team go in to go save her from this thing. And the Doctor <laughs> and Ian get their night vision goggles and go in as well. <laughs> so, I think. so it's quite funny. Gun, gun stuff <coughs> goes in shoes. Bullets everywhere. Susan is shot. Oh. Yes. Then it turns out she's a robot duplicate of Susan. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my God. So that's going on. And then there's lots of plot lines going on. You know, they, they, these people, they've got no ancient enemy, and they're there, and they brainwash Barbara. And, and there's this AI that's created this robot, and there's a lot going on in it. And then it, it sounds kind like, of, yeah. In the end, it turns out the rocket is all... The city was fake for show purposes to make everyone believe that there was hope. It turns out the rocket is the same. 
Oh. And they've, they've actually got a mini rocket and they'll serve, or, you know, do about, like, as opposed to 10,000 people, they'll do about hmm. 300 people or something. Yeah. So they, um, they go, that's where the people are missing, disappearing to. So they all go there. Susan and the robot Susan team up. And the doctor starts off going, you know, you're not, even though the robot's like, but I am Susan. I remember mm. being Susan. I've got yeah. all the memories. I remember this, that, and the other. But I was like, well, you're not my grandchild. And at the end, he, you know, he kind of, Susan and Susan were together. Mm. And the doctor's like, you know, I, you know, you're quite a good person in the end, sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and then they managed to, not all the people can fit on the ship. They don't manage to fit all of them in. In fact, there's, well, loads of people die. And then the Doctor gets a dimensional thing out of the TARDIS and goes, it's like a sort of, describe it, an M.C. Escher sort of cube thing. Right. This is part of the TARDIS dimensional stability. We put it in your ship. You've got some more rooms now. You can fit more people in without fitting your weight. A robot Susan goes in the ship and goes, I will help you navigate. Because what happens was there was this evil AI that was contro- going to control the ship. It wasn't evil at that point, but then it became evil. And then Susan and oh, Susan Jesus. were connected telepathically, so they used that to backfire on the robot, kill the thing, but then no one can control the ship. So Susan says, I'm a robot. The robot, Susan says, I'm okay. a robot. <laughs> Plug me in and I'll I'll navigate it. So they say yeah. goodbye to the other Susan. But someone's got to say goodbye, stay behind to launch the ship. So the Doctor and team do that. Oh. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that and then we'll leave in the TARDIS. Yeah. So, you know, as they go, the doctor goes, you know, I gave them this dimensional stability thing, which controls, like, the TARDIS's dimensions. Hope nothing goes wrong because of that, like the TARDIS, <laughs> you know, changing size or what have you. And then off he goes in, off he goes in the TARDIS. So that, that's the end of that. <laughs> so it kind of leads into the next one, which is the Witch Hunters. Um, ah. So the TARDIS has got some problems now, which you could... Fanon into being that one yes. because of that and they arrive at Salem before the witch trial and they oh, go yes. oh no we shouldn't wait here and the doctor goes well I need to repair the TARDIS my boy it's going to take me about a week mm. and they go okay let's go out and they check the date and go phew at least it's a year before the Salem witch trials um, turns out it's not I got the date wrong <laughs> of course they um, did <laughs> uh, and then Susan kind of gets involved and she there's like these girls and they decide to do some witchy stuff and Susan goes I'll join in and then feels really bad about it and then and tensions arise and it's all going hotly wrong but they actually manage to escape and they get in the TARDIS and leave hmm. and they go to about 1950s Bristol I don't know why this area in particular but they come here and and then they watch a play The Crucible I think about it Oh, okay. and Susan goes you know this is terrible we should have stayed to help and we'll decide there was nothing we could do so they all head back in the TARDIS and have a sleep. And then Susan goes, I'm going to use the fast return switch to go and help. Oh, so she dear. does, goes back. And she's she ends up kind of being one of the girls who are sort of flailing around the place going, oh, witches are affecting us. Oh, God. And it kind of it kind of fits a bit in Reign of Terror because they kind of say that because she's telepathic, she's picking up all the stuff from it, all the... The, ang- the, um, the anxiety. Anxiety and... Um, Fear. Yeah, and... Paranoia. Okay, so but it means that they're, they're imagining things because they're okay. so worried and so nervous mm-hmm. that they're kind of uh, picturing okay. things. And Susan picks up on that. Right. And so she's doing that now too and so what's going on? Um, and then they arrive and then they manage, the Doctor and Barbara get trapped in the TARDIS where the others are outside and they have to leave because the people there are burning the TARDIS. So we're going to have to Ooh. leave and leave Susan and Ian. So they do. 
activate the fast return switch, but they arrive at another part of the country, so they have to travel for a couple of weeks. So when they arrive, Susan's kind of been in this place. They're trying to indoctrinate her. And um, Ian's been in prison for several weeks, sort of thing, lovely. chained up and not having a great time. Then they manage to get Ian out. Hmm. And then get Susan out. And then go. Okay. So a bit sad. And then at the end, the Doctor, they go to a planet and have a bit of a holiday. As the Doctor says, we need to have a bit of a break now from that. Yeah. Um, from all our deaths and misery. Yeah. And the Doctor says, but I managed to do loads of repairs on the TARDIS, so actually I'm good enough now to attempt to take you home, which is where ah. it leads the Giants. And he says, I'm good to take you home. I think it ends on the line, barring any small problems. <laughs> so, yeah. So it kind of leads directly into Planet of the Giants then. I see. Mm. Well, thank so, yeah. you. Yeah, yes. there you go. That was it. So quite a big, big, big quite, finish. Quite a lot of research yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Quite a big, big finish corner. Um, it's probably longer than the actual episode. Probably, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to cut <laughs> the bits down. Jesus. Yeah, but yeah, so there's quite quite a bit and quite a few dark ones as well for some reason in that game. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Okay, I suppose we'll jump into ratings. Cool. Um, so, start with you. Um, what are your thoughts on the plot slash writing of the episode? I think I'm going to give that a a five. A five? A five, yeah. It was... I liked the little idea of the little people, but the entire B-plot was completely just stupid, frankly. There was, <laughs> it didn't make any sense. It was all over the place. It was... They kind of were like, right, we need them to be small. And then they needed a way to keep them there. And it was a bit of a weird way to keep them there. So it could have been a lot better. But yeah. Okay. Acting talent. Um, I suppose I'd give that maybe like a seven. It was, okay. yeah, it was, there's nothing. I mean, the acting talent of the B-plot guys were a bit, um, the, the businessman was a little bit trying to be sort of cliche villainy, but, um, otherwise the main crew were all, were all, you know, all fine. Mm. Yeah. So the Doctor was pretty good as well. Alien slash villain of the week. Ah, uh, so this isn't going to get a very good score. This is probably going to be a, a three. Oh, wow. That's low. That is low. That is low. You oh, really yeah. didn't like, um, what's his name? Forrester, the businessman. He didn't make much of an impression, though. No. He made less of an impression than the, I'm gonna bring it up the to Warlord Tagana. I'm going to bring it up to a four, because the, okay. cat, because, because the cat was big. <laughs> the cat was big. <laughs> the cat was big. There were some more dangers there, but other, other, otherwise it wasn't really... Yeah. It definitely wasn't the episode strength. No. And that seed then got Barbara. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That. Yeah, no, so it, was, it wasn't the episode <laughs> strength. Maybe the seed should come back. <laughs> oh no, I dropped it. Now it's turned messy. It's into oh, this no. massive seed that comes after Barbara. It's a hybrid. Good <laughs> 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 uh, character episode. I'd say yes, actually. I'd probably give this a... Um, probably give this a seven. Okay. Yeah, I thought there was some quite good moments between all the characters. And yeah, I, the fact the Doctor's definitely... Um, you can see he's changed quite a lot since the beginning, like we've mentioned. He's, you know, mm. he's he's very good with Barbara, and yeah, no, I think overall it was quite a good look character episode. Yes. Hmm. Special effects slash monster prosthetics. I'm gonna leave that at eight. Damn. Yes, I was quite impressed by the um the I suppose yes, we mentioned the, the the big the big monsters like the bump like the bee just dropping down in front of them. It was yeah, it was quite good. It was actually <laughs> it was much more effective than I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Hmm. Okay, your what turn. What were your thoughts of a uh, plot slash writing of the episode? Um, seven, yes, because I think it's a very plot story. Mm-hmm. It's not a particularly charactery one. I guess there's little moments of charactery. Yeah. Um, I think you know it's. I think a little insecticide, not a little insecticide, but it's 
I think the insecticide works well for the, the idea of them being small, I guess. And mm. like you say, it feels a bit like they the two plots aren't really connected. But yeah. they, they kind of are, but it's been like sort of two plots happening together. and then they yeah. you know, they just happen to influence each other at the end, sort of thing. It's a bit odd. Um yeah, it's a bit odd. Okay. Um how about acting talent? Yeah, I, d- I suppose about Seven, I guess. Okay. That's not... That's quite good. See, the thing is, I feel bad about seeing a six by thinking, no, six is still pretty good, but for whatever reason in my mind now, I've gotten used to going seven. So now six, I feel like, God, I feel that's really harsh. Those poor people, I've given them a six. <laughs> Stick <laughs> okay, let's go with a six. Okay. Me. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was good, yeah. You monster. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what have I done? I'm worse than the Daleks. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, alien slash villain of the week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Five. Oh, that's quite generous, yeah, fair enough. It's quite... Yeah, it feels like the plot is so structured that there isn't really... Maybe there doesn't... It's a tricky The villain one. is yeah. the situation, I guess. It's a more of a man versus world situation than a man this, versus This is man. true. Yeah, this is why I whacked it up when I was like, actually, there's stuff like the bees and the flies <laughs> that are kind of like, coming in. <laughs> the bees. <laughs> the bees coming and in. Many like, enemies, such as a bee. A bee and the paperclip. <laughs> Attacking Barbara's ankle. Yes. The uh, seed. <laughs> yeah. The villain, yeah. the seed. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, how about a good character episode? A six, six. Okay, fair enough. There's there's bits in there. There's yeah. good bits, and I like the I like the Doctor being good. I mm-hmm. guess, but yeah, I and, I, and I enjoyed the story overall. Yeah, and they I did quite. It's quite a it's quite a good story, and I did enjoy it. But I and I, I feel a bit like harsh now because I feel like I enjoyed it more. It's, a, it's maybe a bit like a filler episode in a way, isn't it? It's kind of like yeah, it, it's it, kind of cute and there, but it doesn't have to be there, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so, and it kind of, it's, yeah, in terms of the character, so it's more plot than character, so I do, it means, it means the character part is lower, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. Fair Besides enough. That, yeah. that makes sense, yeah. Okay, um, how about special effects slash monsters prosthetics? Could give this a nine. Ooh, Ooh that's high. That's high. I think it may be ten, but that's not Jesus, no, high. that's way too high. Oh. It's so my opinion. There is no water slide. <laughs> yeah. You see water slide. There's no wrestle with the fly sort of thing. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Ian doesn't get his shirt off and wrestle the fly and go, no, I'll exactly. save you, Barbara. There's still room for improvement. Yeah. Go with Star Trek. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's... I think a lot of the stuff you kind of go, okay, there's there's like little pits maybe when they light the flash. Yeah. They light the, the match. And you see the, the light on them, but you don't see the actual match itself. And you think, well, of course, how are they going to make a match that big in real life sort of thing? So yeah. you kind of go, okay, so it's not. They, they did what they could. They, but but it's, it's good. You know, they built. They, and they, built, they, they didn't built just build like one stuff. or two sets. They oh, built yeah. a briefcase. They built a matchbox. They built a. This, they built an ant. They built a. A bee, huge phone a fly thing. that yeah. moves around because the ant and the bee are just static, mm-hmm. but the fly is moving and yeah, no, know, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. They put a lot it's of pretty impressive. Yeah, I think they probably, from my understanding, is they got a bit overconfident, which is where things like the web planet come in, which I hear are is notoriously bad for its effects. Oh dear, 
with living giant insects and that sort of stuff. Oh dear, oh dear. But this this one's quite good. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah fair enough. For me. Yeah, that's all our ratings done, so that's the end of the episode. Episode. So I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was, good. it was a good little, good little opener for, for series two. Yeah, a good fun one. Yeah, so next episode, next, next story is The Dark Invasion of Earth. They're back. The Daleks. The Daleks, and Addison is very upset because I've just been spoiled. Yeah. Yeah, Alina's opened the TARDIS wiki page and right to find out To says, find out the name of the episode. and It's most notable for featuring the first departure of a companion. Should I say that? Well, that's well you audience. might as well. Well, there you go. You've so, been, I've been spoiled, so you can be spoiled. Yeah. Susan's leaving. Yes! Susan is leaving after this one, which many people will know because of the Doctor's exciting. famous speech. Okay, yeah. End. I do know... Well, I know the speech, but I don't know... I did not know it was connected to this episode. Well, clearly, <laughs> this looks like it's going to be a Dalek episode. But other than yep. that, we'll just find out. We'll do next week's... Uh, yes. Yeah, we'll find out as we watch this. Indeed. Is it a six-part? Yeah, it looks like it's a six-part. Yes, okay, back, back, to, back, back to a six-part one. Mm. Okay, very exciting. Well, we're going to sign off then. Yeah, sign off. Thank yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.